Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friends, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Yeah, hello! And Dan. Hi! Today we're going to talk about Would You Rather and other teen party games that can be turned into movies. This episode's going to be a little bit different. We're not really talking about politics or morality. We're just kind of having some fun throwing some horror movie pitches. So we hope you enjoy it. So spoiler alert for Would You Rather. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, uh, we heard a movie called Truth or Dare is coming out soon, so we decided to watch this movie, Would You Rather, and boy oh boy, was it a movie. Um, it certainly lasted 90 minutes. Yeah. Yes. It met all of my expectations, which is to say I had none. <laughs> See, I wasn't expecting anything from it, and it still managed to be like a little bit lower than that. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I was surprised to see uh, Brittany Snow, who's um, in P- the Pitch Perfect movies. She was the main character, and I was like, ah, this is where she started, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> a, a star-studded cast. Uh, also, one of the characters from Gotham is in it. I don't know who. I don't watch Gotham, but I recognize <laughs> him from the commercials. He was also in Accepted, so also don't know who he was in that. And uh, then I, there was another guy who was in My Name is Earl. So, like, it yeah, was star it was, star-packed. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the makings of greatness all started in Would You Rather. It was a who's who of people whose names And the know. father from Home Alone. Yes. He was the alcoholic. Oh. Yeah. Sure. See? So many. <laughs> is that where he wound up? <laughs> Down on his luck? <laughs> So it's my guess that most of our listeners have not seen Would You Rather, so I think we can give a bit more of an in-depth plot synopsis before we get into our general review of it. Um, so basically there's a group of people, we're following one woman in particular, uh, who are all sort of down on their luck and they need money for different things, and then there's this mysterious man named Shepard who... He's a benefactor. Yes. He has a lot of money and power, and he's basically like, hey, if you come to my dinner party and win this contest, we'll take care of everything. We'll pay for your rent and your college tuition and your doctor bills, and all you have to do is win this contest. We'll even find the right donor for your your sick brother's bone marrow transplant. Mm-hmm. Like, Don't even worry about it if you win. And so it's revealed that the contest is a twisted game of would you rather. Hey, but they all agreed to it. They did. So it was really their fault. They were, some of them were given money before the contest started. So the the woman we're following is a vegetarian and he goes, would you rather not eat that steak or or eat the steak and make $10,000? And then Kevin's dad from Home Alone is a recovering alcoholic. And he says, would you rather drink a glass of wine for 10000 or a whole decanter of scotch for 50000 And then he's like, okay, if you guys want to leave, you can now. And no one does. Even though he's textbook villain at this point. Like, yeah, it's we, clearly weird. We it's like, all... look at that, I just made a girl compromise all her morals for, like, a pocket change. <laughs> it was, obviously, we had the fourth wall availability of saying, oh, we're in a scary movie, you know where this is going. 
But he was very obviously acting villainous and was a creepy and forcing people to do things they didn't want to do. And when they had the opportunity to leave, I definitely felt like, you guys are really, you're really pushing my uh, suspension of disbelief here. I would have sprinted out of there. Yeah. yeah. Alcoholic almost gets up to leave after his nice, uh, what it, uh, the 10 or 50 grand or whatever it was. And he sort of like waggles his fingers like, ah, you think you're going to skip me out of a larger prize, but nope, I'm going to stick it out, buddy. Just you watch me. <laughs> Less than a minute later, he dies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Immediately when the rules are explained. Oh. Yeah, he gets up to leave, decides he wants to get the bigger prize. They go, okay, you can't leave now. These are the rules. And then he immediately gets back up and is like, I'm not going to stay for this. (laughs) Um, One thing I'll say as part of the synopsis is like, I was hoping that the would you rathers would be different every time. Mm -hmm. But it was the same would you rather question for all of them. And they just sort of kept rotating. So first, they chose to either electrocute themselves or electrocute the person next to them. And that went all the way around. And then the next round, they had to stab an ice pick into someone's leg or whip this very specific person who had spoken out of turn um, basically to death. And I was kind of hoping going into the movie, like, oh, we're going to see a bunch of, like, would you rather opportunities. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much the questions themselves that were the dilemma. It was the circumstances that the questions created that was the moral dilemma, which is a lot less interesting. Because by the end of it, it was like, what, a total, like, five scenarios, maybe? I think it was different. Were there three rounds or four? There were technically four rounds. Oh, because because of, like, the last round. Okay. But um, yeah, the, the most interesting one, I think, was the third round, which was they got a card and they could either... Which wasn't a- even a would you rather. It was yeah. would you rather hold your breath for two minutes or do this other thing that you don't know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it was would, would you rather do a mystery dare or would you rather probably drown? Yeah. And yeah. that one was the most interesting, but like yeah. Dan said, like that's not would you rather. That's... <laughs> And there was also no, like, um, there were no mental tricks in any of the games. I was really hoping that when they had to choose between two minutes of being underwater or the mystery card, some of them would be good mystery cards and some of them would be bad. And that way the next person had to really debate, like, oh, pulling out every single one of my teeth, but the last person just got 10 grand for no reason. Like, so yeah, making yeah. it, like, a little harder to decide. I was almost, I thought there was going to be a moment in the movie when the main character chooses to hold her breath in the barrel for two minutes instead of the envelope, and the rest of the character's like, oh, what was in your envelope or whatever, and then the villains are like, oh, whew, that would have been a bad one. I was expecting, it's like, oh, what was it, is it just walk away from the game now and you get to live card? Yeah, but, that's what I thought. Like, I, if there was those tossed in Cause, there. Yeah, because if those were tossed in, that would make the next person's turn a lot harder. Because it's kind of like, well, she got to leave, like, so maybe, but it didn't happen. I was hoping for something like that. I think that could have made the movie better if the villain was actually, like, a mastermind mental villain and could Mm -hmm. actually, like, manipulate people into ridiculous things. And kind of like that 
Princess Bride situation where the poison was in both of them, and it was like, <laughs> but you think that I am going to choose my own because Never you know challenge that a I'm Sicilian gonna... <laughs> game of wits. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't. He was really just more sadistic and not so much conniving. I would say I any of his, I guess, mental prowess. I would say he went into conditioning these people to stay put and accept his terms, which I'd say everyone once uh, alcoholic person was shot in the head. And he's like, nope, nope, you were all, you came to me grubbing for money. You, you accepted this, you accept these terms, now play my game. Well, even then, <laughs> there are, I think at the end of pretty much every round, people get up, they get a gun pointed at them, and they're like, okay, I'll sit back down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. why I'm here. A gun. <laughs> That's why I haven't left sooner. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the villain was not, like, super mastermindy. He just was able to get all these people here. But he was probably, like, the most the compelling most part. The most part, say. yeah. <laughs> like, I definitely enjoyed when he was on screen. Yeah, I would say that none of the participants of the game had much of a personality, which I think is actually realistic in the context of they're all now fearing for their lives, mm -hmm. so it would make sense why they're all more reserved all of a sudden. A bunch of random people who have never met each other in their life that are all here for similar circumstances. Yeah, but if you're going to force me to watch it, I would have preferred something a little bit more unique. Oh, the woman in Shameless, the very old woman who owned the laundromat, she was in it too. She died. Yeah. Just so you know. She yeah. got stabbed with a, an ice pick. And I guess the dumb dude hit the artery. Oh, I hit that artery we brought up earlier. Whoops. <laughs> in that moment, um... When it got to that guy, uh, I was like, oh, he's probably going to stab her because she's paralyzed and, like, won't feel it. Yeah. And he said literally that. And Alex and I, after watching it, were talking. And we're like, this is one of those movies where the predictability didn't make me feel smart. It made the movie feel bad. <laughs> yeah. um, it's definitely a movie that I would prefer watching with people mm -hmm. so that you can use each other as that fourth wall camera. So you can look at them and be like, like a little gym face. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it, ironically, but I wouldn't want to watch it just like, oh, I'm bored, let me throw on Would You Rather. <laughs> um, and that's exactly how I would expect Truth or Dare to go. Mm -hmm. when, I'm when I'm looking at the trailers of Truth or Dare, it's very obviously, now it seems like there's more of a sci-fi aspect to it, or at least some sort of magical being aspect to it, or a ghost, maybe? That is what I was anticipating with Would You Rather. I didn't realize it was going to be just more along the lines of Saw, where it's just like a, a person facilitating this event. I was honestly surprised that it wasn't like a ghost. Oh, okay. I was expecting strictly sadistic people. Mm. Um, I think it's weird in the sense of truth or dare, because you almost have to have this supernatural force this omnipotent being that knows what the truth is and yeah. if anything aside from the truth is said then it like intervenes in some way or shows the real truth a projector screen drops down to the yeah. ceiling and shows your memories it's like no i hope at one point someone says okay i dare you to tell me the truth <laughs> and then the universe then just collapses <laughs> that is not how you play yeah. the games <laughs> um but I think Truth or Dare definitely has more opportunities to like do that whole mental tricks that I was mm -hmm. talking that I was hoping to see in the in this movie. 
of like, I really don't want to have to tell the truth because these are all the secrets that I'm hiding. But if it's dare, I might have to kill someone. Yeah. Or saying or asking interesting questions that put yourself in an advantageous position. And since like, the way Would You Rather did it was kind of stupid because there's this one girl at the event that's all like, "What? we're just here to win. Like, I'm just going to eliminate the competition. And I'm like super metal about it. <laughs> so when like it gets to her turn with the Would You Rather slap the same person with the uh the whipping stick or stab uh someone with an ice pick whatever in the leg and she's like can i stab them somewhere beside the leg and the facilitator's like oh i've never been asked that question before sure why not (laughs) bully i'm a rich weirdo i don't see why not (laughs) so she stabs the main character and like some jabs her in the side of the rib or whatever which really doesn't amounts much right and it also didn't make sense to me as like she was trying to take out the competition the fact that she thought the main character was the biggest threat really didn't make sense in the context of the movie either so she was going against her word yeah if anything it'd probably be the one uh pretty nice guy that was there that was sort of giving sort of dropping as much helpful tidbits as he could all throughout. It's like, if you have to stab, make sure there's a major artery. Don't hit that major artery if you stab it. Hey, with the dynamite, try to hold open an open fist. No, no, don't do that. In fact, duct tape that dynamite to his hand. No, 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 he has to close his fist. Which yeah. they didn't do. The dynamite was clearly outside the duct tape. Because <laughs> he taped it his fingers instead of his hand. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about how those things in the envelope, there were just tiny little pictures. He probably could have made up whatever he wanted to say on the spot. Yeah. It's like these envelopes don't tell you what I have to do. They're just a picture and then you tell me based on the picture what it does. Maybe he did. Yeah. It seemed pretty unnecessary. There were two major plots that didn't amount to anything. The uh, sadistic rich guy had a son who he was trying to train to like, I guess, take over the quote unquote family business of sadism. And the son was completely unsuccessful. And it there was no point to his existence, really. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was the doctor who had recommended the main character go to the dinner party. And then he regrets it and tries to break into the mansion to help her escape and gets shot within seconds. I'm yeah. assuming, based on the circumstances and stuff, just sort of like zoomed in like a scar on his head. I'm assuming he was like a previous winner. He was a previous okay. winner. Okay. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay, they did. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like, I'm not going to let some, like, a group of people go through the same thing that I've done. Let me atone for my actions or whatever. Unsuccessfully. Yeah. And it did, yeah. it did it not did. amount to yeah. anything. Like, I know why he did it, but it was just, like, why yeah. was that needed? I remember uh, Joe had predicted, like, oh, this plot is going to intertwine with the main one because the would you rather is going to end up being would you rather, like, cut off your hand or kill the person who just came here to try to save you. And like maybe that he could have been combined into the game, but he wasn't. And yeah. he just died for no reason. They really should have got me on this movie. I think I could have. <laughs> <laughs> could have really workshopped some yeah. of these uh, <laughs> concepts. Um, and that's what we're here to do today. We have a list of different party games that we think we could make better horror movies than would you rather yeah and hopefully better than truth or dare so the first one i have is seven minutes in heaven and i imagine that being similar to like a narnia situation where the kids find some closet 
probably by playing seven minutes in heaven and they find out they get to go to this paradise and it's like everything they could ever want. And then they want to keep staying longer and longer. And then one maybe stays for eight minutes. And then it's like, oh no, this isn't seven minutes in heaven. That's what they wanted us to think. And then it turns out like it's full of monsters or something. Oh, so like if yeah. you stay longer than seven minutes, like if you become a, basically an addict to the pleasure of those of heaven, you get like some sort of consequences for that. Yeah. Don't break the rules. See, I was thinking along the lines of a children's trading card game where the monsters <laughs> are real <laughs> and the loser gets sent to the shadow realm. That's yokai watch. Yokai. <laughs> Um, I think we could really flesh out this seven minutes in heaven concept of, um, thinking about the dynamics between the teenagers that are trying to play and like trying to get specifically this boy to go with me into the closet and then the boy stays behind or what if you come back out and it's like, wait, what happened to the, to the guy you were in there with for seven minutes? And it's like, Oh no, he's gone. And so, like, it's kind of like a disappearing act of, like, people keep going missing every time they play Seven Minutes in Heaven. And then, like, somehow, wherever you are can, like, become a closet or something. Like, the rules are if you're in the closet, you disappear with, or if you're in a closet with one other person, one of you ends up disappearing. And then, like, supernatural forces keep pushing you towards a scenario where you're forced (laughs) to be in a closet. Yeah, I imagine... Now that you mentioned that, some sort of, like, succubus group that are pretending to be teens and they're like, come on, everyone's playing seven minutes in heaven. And they're really just luring children into this... Teenagers. Teenagers. Just to be clear. <laughs> still consenting. <laughs> consenting 16-year-olds. We gotta put out this fire that's set in our basement for the only extinguishers in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I like the succubus aspect okay. of, like... Like, half of them are trying to just get the other half to go into the closet to, like, eat them or something. Yeah, so we're getting some story beats, but uh, what would be the big finale? Like, how would this movie end? Parents come down to the basement. What are you kids doing here? And the party's off, and it's unresolved with the missing children. Kids. Teens. Sorry. Consenting teens. teens. Consenting teens. I imagine maybe they figure out the succubus weakness. And then get rid of all the succubi. Oh, got it. Okay, so the in order to beat the succubus, you have to survive the seven minutes. Ah, ooh. And so, like, once you go into the closet, you're, like, fighting off the succubus for seven minutes. And if they take too long, like, they lose somehow. Like, the rules exist where they only have seven minutes to oh, kill no. you or devour you. Otherwise... Or else we'll be taken by... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So the last 14 minutes is the last seven minutes, but it's slowed down for us Ooh, to keep yeah. up. <laughs> when you think about it, <laughs> when you think about it, this basement is really just a One giant closet. closet. <laughs> Boom! The counter starts. The lights go dark. <laughs> and then in blood, it says the end. Dot, dot, dot. Question, Question mark. <laughs> I, and then you see the the dot 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 open up like a door, and it's the parents checking into the basement. Are you oh, kids look. all right? And then the clock resets. <laughs> <laughs> New challenger. Yeah, I like it. I think we did it. Yeah. All right, Hollywood. All right. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> when I think of a teenage hangout slumber party game, I definitely think of Never Have I Ever. Um, the first thing that came to mind was as you play Never Have I Ever, if you haven't done it, you have to do it. Ooh. And so, like, if there's, like, seven people in the room and I say, like, never have I ever, and it starts, like, sexual or something, never have I ever sucked a dick, woo like, And so- if you did, <laughs> yeah. now I see where you're going with <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> and then everyone who has puts their finger down and sort of like, oh, well, now I don't have to do it. And then everyone else is sort of like, oh, like, I guess we have to do it now. But then somehow they get trapped into being forced to do it when they haven't. And so they're trying to think of things they could say that, like, would get them out of it. So, like, um, never have I ever, I don't know, like, cut my own hair. And then, like, a b- giant blade appears. Like, oh, shit. Now I have to try to cut my hair, but it's going to hurt me because... It's just a knife. Yeah. <laughs> Screw the people who say, never have I ever been to this place. And then <laughs> you got to book a flight. <laughs> Yeah, I love the idea of they're trying to be like, wait, guys, I see a solution. Never have I ever had a million dollars. And then, like, they have to get a really good job and like, <laughs> yeah, be professional <laughs> for the rest of their life. Um, I imagined actually cutting your finger off. But yours is way better Ooh, no, because like- <laughs> that is such a short move. <laughs> hey, they did it. Never have I. Oh, wait, no. Uh, would you rather only had four rounds? That's true. But, but they, I, yet it was still somehow an hour and a half. <laughs> so I do like that idea of if you have done it, you have to cut off the finger that represents that. I don't. <laughs> so the more the more experienced yeah. you are, then like... And the then, winners of that game are going to have like two yeah. numbs. <laughs> Those people that yeah, are like, I, I can never play this game. I do too much stuff. <laughs> then they'll, like, they'll stop having that attitude. Yeah, because <laughs> they can literally never play again. Because they don't have any fingers. <laughs> I can... Part two is they move on to toes. <laughs> um, um, I definitely want to explore the one you brought up because I think there's just more like meat there. This, the horror of, oh, I just cut my finger off is pretty like, okay, they've done it like six times now. Like I'm not. <laughs> um, but the idea of, okay, like what can we say that like wouldn't be too bad? And then like maybe someone's like, no guys, you don't understand. Like, I'm really morally opposed to doing that. And then, like, they have to give up their morals. <laughs> Sydney just cut off her finger. Let us let me ask a question that I know Sydney has done so I can save her the, the trouble of doing two in a row or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, or, like, secrets get revealed. It's like, okay, I know, I know Sydney's never done this because I'm her boyfriend. And then and you then. say, and then, actually, Chris, what... But Sydney, I thought. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a like a slumber party game or whatever, but I would always play at camp whenever we were in the cabin or whatever, just out in the field. It's just whatever ball we have at the time, just keep it up in the air, and you're not allowed to double tap yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Like, keep it some up. people keep. I it's, call it, I call it keep it up. It's keep it up, but I'd always always play with a balloon. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a ball. So like you could tap it. Or you can choose to just bump it and then run away. Oh. Yeah. And so, like, the those. next person would have to be like, no, why'd you do that? And, like, they dive and make a big deal out of it. So, naturally, the go-to is, does the ball explode if, once <laughs> it, uh, if you double tap or it touches the ground or whatever? And what are the, the consequences for failure? Ooh, so keep it up with a twist. I, le- I imagine it being some kind of 
like ghost lamp, like a genie. And if it touches the ground... Like a like demon it, escapes? Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to deal with that. And then you have to find a good demon. Or the closest to... camper that's walking by gets like, drops dead. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, so how would that game play out? Like, they keep it up throughout the whole night and they're all exhausted and like, things keep happening where like, it falls every once in a while and someone gets injured. How do they get out of keeping it up? Hundred in a row. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's so We hard. had to get to the hundred in a yeah. row. <laughs> And, and then they have to incorporate teamwork. Why are you just uh, doing it back and forth? Because Johnny and Dylan are two best keeper uppers. If we just no, the game already knows that it's gonna put like some spin in English if we keep doing. We have to incorporate oh, everyone's skills. I but, got it. So yeah, if they but try Timmy to... isn't good at this game. <laughs> we gotta get Timmy better. Every every time they try to cheat in the game. Like, the whole get your two best players to bounce it back and forth. Like, spikes come out of the ball. And so they discover very particular rules along the way of, like, you can only touch it once every fifth turn. And that way, like, Ooh. it forces teamwork. And then the whole idea of, like, well, Timmy never has to touch it. We just keep him out of it because he sucks at it. And then, like, another thing happens where, like, not everyone touched it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got like to 100. Why is it ending? It. Yeah. <laughs> There's one other criteria we haven't fulfilled. <laughs> Remember at the start of the game, we excluded Susie? She <laughs> got back to the beginning. You guys never let me play with you. <gasps> Susie's part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to keep it up yeah. and, and like, yeah. So they have to move around the campground. And, like... and then Susie's like, no, you guys didn't want yeah, me before. Uh, it's like, Susie, you don't understand. <laughs> Lives are so they just like peg it at her and the fact that it hits her head. it. 100. Good job. <laughs> and Susie's just upset the rest of the day. Like, why'd you guys do that? Our friends are dead. <laughs> People are dead, Susie. That one's fun. That'd be a fun, weird Jumanji. <laughs> um, so... Guys, I think we've been holding off on this one. Spin the bottle. Yeah. Um, this one seems pretty simple. I guess you just spin the bottle and whoever it lands on dies. <laughs> but I think we can do better. That does sound like a very short movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, if there's eight people playing, it's eight rounds. Like, that's not very... Seven rounds. There seven has rounds. to be a yeah, winner. One person. Yeah, you're right, you're right. So how, um, how could we make that worse? All right. So I think let's just start from the beginning and see if we figure it out from there. But spin the bottle has to have a couple of crushes involved. And then also some like dweeby kids who are hoping to like get yeah. a kiss from the popular girl. Mm -hmm. So like the girls or the popular guys have to be like disgusted if it lands on a certain person. So there might have to be an aspect there of I refuse to kiss them. <gasps> and then something happens like it it might be a little close to would you rather like but the one of the options is always would you rather kiss or and then like some sort of consequence occurs since you mentioned like popular kids and then dweebs i imagine maybe a scenario where it's like no i won't kiss them they have acne and then like that person gets acne or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> See, what always happens to me in Spin the Bottle, it's like halfway between two people, so what, who did it land on? Is that, is it Sam or Kristen or whatever? But what you don't know 
is that halfway across the globe, someone else is playing <laughs> Spin the Bottle, and the two bottles are actually magnetically pointed at each other, and it's like a journey across the world, and you have to find find the one <laughs> who is, it really is pointing the so bottle at. Dan's <laughs> really into, like, oh no, a player isn't here, we have to go find them. <laughs> but then it turns into, like, a journey of true love, and like, <laughs> but with peril along the way. You know, you're right, because we haven't... We've only talked about teenage games as scary movies. What if it's teenage games, like, there's still that sci-fi aspect, there's still, like, the mysterious magic, but maybe it's a romance. (laughs) Find the one you weren't expecting. (laughs) I could see Spin the Bottle or Never Never Have I Ever as a rom-com. Like never have I've I never ever... been to Japan. Follow <laughs> a magical journey to, to the world of the orange. <laughs> and then there's like the line of like, "Never have I ever been in love." You are now, or something like this. I, something better than that. Or, or the yeah. So she's so she says that, and the guy that that she has a crush on, not necessarily in love, yeah. puts a finger down, and so she's like, "Oh no, he's already in love with someone." But he put his ah, finger down his... because he was in love with her. And so there's this whole obstacle of like trying to figure out who he was actually oh, that, in love with. Oh, that would be the big misunderstanding that starts the third act. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, what's the film where the, the girl's like upset that she's a more developed woman or whatever. And she like was trying to get in seven minutes in heaven with this one guy. And then the Seven Minutes and... in Heaven movie we just <laughs> no, 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 no. And then she, she wakes up and she's, like, older and adult. It's like, oh, 13, 13 going on 30. 30. Was that... Okay. Well, how do you not know that? <laughs> so, okay. I just need to know the title, man. So is that the example of of the This like Gone Wrong Com? Yeah. yeah. I guess. It could be. <laughs> it also involves... That's not time travel. That's just a... What would that be called? It's kind of like... Kind of like a body switch, I guess. Okay. Yeah. But it's your own body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She doesn't become herself in thirty years. She doesn't. Well, like that's what I'm asking. Like it's not like she's thirteen in two thousand, and then it's like two thousand thirty, and she's. Oh no no no. no. Okay. Yeah, so her she body is, changes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would say that's like a body switching movie. Okay. Um, if I wanted to go back to spin the bottle and make it a scary movie. That idea of if it lands between two people, some sort of apparition appears there, and then you have uh, to like do something like against them or with them. So like, it's someone that lost the game, like the ghost in spin the, in like, spin the bottle, oh, someone like in, lost spin in the this bottle yeah, in this scary version. Okay, they lost the game. Yeah. now they're the in between ghost. Oh, mm-hmm. so I, so then there's like. He, the in-between ghost, is trying to switch bodies with the living person. Yeah. Because they're trapped in the the spin-the-bottle reality because they had lost previously. So all of the ghosts in the in-between people of spin-the-bottle are trying to get a body back. Yeah. And the people who are playing spin-the-bottle right now who are alive are just trying to not lose their body. (laughs) (laughs) So it becomes like a trial type of game of... That's a tougher one to flesh Phew. out. Yeah. <laughs> we got all our bodies back. But wait, we're not all in the right ones. <laughs> and now it turns into a body swapping one when exploring teens. <laughs> uh, and I guess the way to get out of spin the bottle is through luck of the bottle has to land on every living person once. Oh, and yeah. so that's what they're trying to get. That's how they like get out of it. Mm. Nice. Did we all get to keep our body? Yep. All of us.
Dun, dun. <laughs> Stare at camera. We sure did, Jenny. No, I'm Eliza. My bad. <laughs> exactly. Or, you never called me Jenny. You always called me Jennifer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just trying something new. <laughs> something new. <laughs> I like that conclusion. The rest of the movie's gonna suck. Yeah. But that conclusion line. <laughs> that'll, I, man, that'll be the like Wikipedia entry. It'll be like the, like under plot. Not great, but wow. That's <laughs> the, the reason why like half these films get made is like, oh man, I have this great twist that's gonna blow everyone's mind. Forget about the the build up to said twist and everything. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I imagine like movies like this get made. They're like, yeah, you know, like everyone knows truth or dare, but uh, what if it was scary? <laughs> we go through the motions and then wham, we hit him with this super shocking. So I'm glad we're stemming off on different genres. So I'm gonna jump to fuck Mary Kill and I'm gonna say that's kind of like a like a prophesizing type of movie where mm-hmm. like you're playing the game fuck Mary Kill and then like now you have to do it and so you end up like sort of like a time traveling or click type of movie where like all of a sudden you're in the future and you're like this person's dead and like this person I have some sort of relationship with and this person I'm married with and like these are the now the consequences of my Mm -hmm. life and I truly thought I wanted to kill this person like because they're the they were the meanest to me in high school but like now I'm really sad that they're gone it turns out like I like them a little bit the guy who I wanted to marry like He's now overweight and balding and has no motivation to help support each other and blah, blah, blah. You didn't have to jab me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry I was making direct eye contact with you, Dan. (laughs) So what do you guys think about that movie? Yeah, I like that idea of um, just kind of like a flash forward. I'm still in the horror movie mindset, so I imagined it's like... Fuck, marry, kill. Like, you get to do those. Like, you get to have sex with someone, then you marry them. And, like, everything's like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then it the time comes, and it's like, okay, now kill this person. Which is way darker. Oh, I like I that. like I like yours better. <laughs> yours, is, yours will sell tickets. I like the idea of, like, you do them in that order, and so you think everything's going great, but then you remember, like, wait, there's what? still the kill part. <laughs> And so, like, you keep dragging out your engagement. So, like, if I don't marry them, I don't want to kill anybody. Um, but Why I, don't you love me? It's not because... It's because I love you that we can't get married. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy the idea of flashing forward and being like, this isn't what I wanted at all. And yeah. maybe you could, like, do each scenario where it's like, okay, that didn't work out. Let me just flip everyone yeah let's one. rotate <laughs> yeah and then like you flash forward and you're like this isn't good either <laughs> and then the final is it turns out it's never a good idea to <laughs> fuck marry and kill three random individuals <laughs> lesson learned universe <laughs> i i couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> uh we hoped you guys liked all of our pitches let us know what you thought on all of our social media uh, if you n- have like an uncle or someone in Hollywood, give them our number so we could get in contact with them uh, about all these money-making movie ideas. Yep. So, would you rather watch? Would you rather or subscribe and rate us on iTunes? You want to subscribe and rate us? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the lesser of two evils for sure. <laughs> 
That's it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you liked it, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. And remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Tune in next week when we talk about Dungeons and Dragons and the resurgence of nerd culture as just popular culture. Thank you all again. And if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time. <laughs>